worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Yeah, just keep your eyes closed. Let's just continue to worship the Lord. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. Everything that's within you, all of your emotion, all of your thoughts, all of your feelings, your entire being, just bring it to him now. to reconcile us to the Father. We thank you that you've invited us to come into your presence tonight. That you could bring us and present us to the Father. We thank you that you've given us the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship, Holy Spirit. And we come before you, Father God. Our spirit, our heart, cries out to you, Abba, Father. Father God. feel like tonight the Lord's saying, look up to me, fix your eyes on me, put your hope in me. The psalmist said, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Speaking to his own soul, why? O my soul, why are you so downcast? And then he spoke to his own soul, his own mind, and he said, Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Lord and my God. Lord, we look to you tonight. We put our hope in you. We give you all that we are. As, as little that we are, as little that we have to bring, we just bring ourselves all of our weakness, all of our, all of our trauma, all of our drama, whatever is going on in our lives, Lord, we just come and we bring it to you. I just feel like, can we just ask the Lord this tonight in this place of worship? Can we just together ask him, for yourself, but together. Father God, are there any lies that I'm believing about you, about myself, about my circumstances, or about others around me? And if he brought something to mind, if he 
revealed to you a lie or you just heard, yes, there is, then ask him, what is that lie? Father, what is that lie that I'm believing about this thing? come to deliver. The Lord has come to set free with truth. Psalm 51, the psalmist David said, it it is truth that he seeks in the innermost parts of who you are. Surely you desire truth in the innermost being because truth sets us free. And wherever there's hopelessness, wherever there's despair, wherever there's lack, the invitation is to hear the truth that has caused that hopelessness because that hopelessness is rooted in a lie. I came in with some, I didn't come in, but I, in the middle of worship, I had hopelessness. I was wrestling with my own mind and I kept grabbing my thoughts, pulling my mind before the Lord, pulling my thoughts yielding them, captivating them, making them, taking them captive, every thought, every thought that was coming against the truth. I was grabbing hold of those thoughts and I was pulling them before the Lord and I was worshiping the Lord. God, we worship you even now with the thoughts, with the the feelings, with the emotions, whatever is going on in our lives. If you're not feeling that, God bless you then just pray for the rest of the people in the room. So I want you to ask Father God this, Father God, what is the truth? You don't have to overthink. If he he spoke something to you, then just receive it or if you just had a sense of peace or whatever, the Lord is quick to speak. I heard the answer in worship about the truth and it lifted off what I was feeling. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we we declare tonight that you are good. You are good. Your love endures forever. You're faithful to those who love you, who are called according to your name, by your name. We are your sons and daughters, and you're faithful to us. And we just ask, God, that you would release the spirit of hope to rise up, that hope would rise. There are no hopeless situations, just hopeless people. And when people get true hope, circumstances have to change. So Lord, we grab hold of hope tonight. We grab hold of you. God, you are my hope. My hope is in you, Jesus. And in view of all of your goodness, all of your kindness, all of your mercy, 
all that you did on the cross for us, our response tonight is to give you all that we are as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. past this moment right now. We're family in this this place. This is just us. We're family here. If anyone who is here is just struggling with a spirit of heaviness or hopelessness or just just your as the psalmist said, why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? If, if you're feeling in your soul just downcast, then it would be really, really good if you let us know why, by just popping your hand up and we'll just take a few minutes and pray for each person who, who wants prayer. So don't be, don't be shy. We all go through it. I just admitted that I was going through it in the middle of worship. See, when we're worshiping the Lord, we're in, when we're in his presence, things come to the surface. The Lord is a, is a refining fire. His spirit, Holy Spirit is like a refining fire. And he comes and he, he just increases the refining presence and power that he has he releases it into us and it brings stuff to the surface it's kind of like when they refine gold in the furnace and the dross comes up to the surface so don't be surprised don't be concerned that why is my mind being flooded with this stuff while I'm trying to worship the Lord is is active he's, he's here he's in you he's with us He's come upon us in worship. And it's his heart that together as his body, we would minister life to one another. And we would speak truth and love to one another. And life and truth and love, as we release that, it just lifts off. It it helps to skim off the, the stuff, the funk that comes to the surface. So I'll just ask one more time if you want some prayer. David said he's got like a two-minute message tonight. So. so we'll take time to pray. No, he's got about 15, 20 minutes, which we'll see. I mean, if it was me saying that, you guys would be laughing. So but David's, David's patient. I can see it. He's chill right now. I can 
see the spirit of peace all over you right now. The shalom. <laughs> Maybe you're all feeling it. Maybe I'm just you know, being a little sensitive to everyone in the room. And, and I just want to make sure nobody's heart is heavy and no needs go unmet tonight. So if not, if you don't want to pop a hand up, then we'll take time at the end of the meeting through communion. We'll have some communion together and we'll just continue to, to just trust God, pull on heaven for the breakthrough. Because he is the God of the breakthrough. I've had my dark days. I've had seasons in life. I had a season in my life where I would, would consider it the, the dark day of the soul. They call it that. I never knew what people talked about until I had it happen to me. You know, you have a bad day. You're like, I don't really feel very like anything right now, but it's just a day. And you're like, tomorrow will be better. You know, we all have a, a day or a half a day, whatever. And then the next day, usually you're, you're back to normal. And you're just kind of like, ah, just must not have got good rest. Might, might have been what I was eating. Something wasn't, you know, physically agreeing with my, my heart my soul, my body, my entire being. Food can do that. Lack of rest can do that. Stress can do that. Whatever. And the stress goes away. But when it lingers, it goes two days and then three days. And you're like, okay, well, by the end of this week, this has got to shift. And then you're thinking, is this going to, you know, maybe you don't even think, is it going to end? You just assume it's going to end, but then it just drags on and on. That happened to me when we first stepped into the season of COVID when the pandemic was released. I'm not afraid to say it because you guys all agree with me. I know you do. It's a real thing. But the enemy had a plan to use it. I'm just saying that it, it started for me during that season and I went into that, that dark season of the soul and I so much was going on. We were transitioning our family to be with my mom and my dad. We were working a lot, doing a lot of prepping. We lost the use of our public space, the Boys and Girls Club. So we had to decide, are we, am I going to just do videos for people? I thought, no, I am not. Gonna. I, I tried it once or twice, and I hated it. I hated going into my bedroom where it was quiet, looking at the computer, seeing myself in the screen, and trying to speak as if I'm speaking to the church. It's just awkward. That didn't work for me. That felt heavy. And then people were feeling heavy because of all of what they were going through. And then people felt like I needed to do more or they needed to change things. And it just everything got just ugly all around. And then we decided just to have church in the house. We're just going to disobey Governor Inslee, and we're going to have a house meeting. And some people didn't like that. We were already a small church at the time. And it didn't matter. Our living room is only so big anyway. No, it actually it was painful. I tried to make light of the pain. So the pain, the, the dark soul, the, the dark day of the soul continued. But one thing I found, I, I would find relief no matter what season I've gone through, I've found relief in the presence of the Lord. 
And I find his presence in the place of worship. I find him when I get alone and I acknowledge him. There's a place where you and I need, I I don't want to put anything on anyone that's not of God, but I'm going to put this on you. You need to get alone with him. You need to, to acknowledge the presence of God in your life. No matter what is going on to pull your attention this way, that way, distractions, things you want to do, things you want to get done. You know, I've got a laundry list of stuff that I want to knock out too. But I have to make time to press into his presence. Or as David likes it when I say, to press into his face. Because his face is huge. God, just press in. The Bible says if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. That's a promise. You don't have to doubt or question. And if the presence of the Lord is omnipresent, which means he's in all places at all times, he can see everything, all the way down to how many hairs are on your head, how many stars are in the sky, that he's named them all. His thoughts are, are more numerous than the grains of sand on the seashore. Can't even count it. His thoughts are towards you, that numerous. So if he's that way, that all that omnipresent, then you might as well let your imagination be freed and think or imagine him right here with you, even right now. Can we just close our eyes for a second? I just want to turn on my imagination, even though I don't need much. God, I recognize your presence here. I acknowledge you in this room. You are here. And I am here to worship you, to behold you, to fix my attention on you. There's no greater pleasure in life than to truly connect with you heart to heart, spirit to spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we might see you, that we might get a glimpse of who you are, how real you are. We acknowledge our need for you tonight. good just not give me a nod you guys are good i haven't seen you for so long it's like but it doesn't feel like it's been i mean it does but now that you're here it's it's, okay well we're gonna get david set up here and i'll turn the mic on and you'll return that you know how to figure that thing out and we'll take a, a intermittent intermittent a brief a brief in, in, intermission there you go
hear me? Give it a good old regular voice test. We're still gonna have the angel music, right? Hopefully. All right. Angel music's so good. Ooh, it's a little bit hot, maybe. A little tinny, maybe. You know, what Scott was saying is so, uh, so good, and it's good for us to hear it, that other people also go through um, maybe dark times or heavy times. <clears throat> it helps us to know that we're not alone, but, um, you know, it's, it's a temporary thing. That's good right there. Thank you. No, that's good. And sometimes it's surprising. It can even happen to us during worship. We're trying to worship. We're trying to give the greatest God in the universe all the praise and the glory. And even then, we can become distracted or we can be pulled away or, I don't know, Lord, I'm not sensing you or whatever. And for me personally, that happens sometimes. And in those, in those moments, I am just pushing through. I am pushing through. I am pressing on. Keep going. Because he deserves all the praise and the glory no matter what. It wouldn't matter if I was in a prison physically locked up in chains. I would be giving God the pra- all the praise that he deserves because he deserves all that praise. Or if I'm in a prison in my mind, sometimes that happens to us. We're, we're locked up, we're bound up in our own thoughts and our own whatever life is thrown at us. Press through, keep pressing on. Irregardless, even if it just takes all your strength, keep pressing through it. So, yeah, I wanted to encourage you guys that that was not part of my message, but um, he leads us through those valleys. We're not stopping there. He's He's bringing us to green pastures. He makes us lie down in green pastures where there's peace. So yeah, I just want to encourage you guys with that. Before I start, I wanted to let you guys know that my desire is to equip you. Not so that you can just receive information or receive a word, but it's to give you something that you can move forward in your life with, to go from glory to glory. That's my ultimate desire. And that's, that's what motivates me to get up here and speak to you. And a lot of what I'm going to share with you tonight is something that I'm currently in the process of learning. So it's, it's like I almost, I want to share this with you because I want you guys to join with me in discovering more about God because there's a lot more to know about him. There's a lot of facets. And I'm in a place right now where I feel like I'm starting over in my Christian walk. And I've been a Christian for a very long time. And some of these revelations have got me thinking, what have I been doing this whole time? 
what am I doing? <laughs> Start over. Ball that up into a ball and toss it into the wastebasket. So position yourself to grab hold of what God has for you tonight. Um, so let's just pray really quick before we get started. Father, we ask that you would open our hearts and our ears to hear and receive your word. We break off all spirits of distraction, apathy, complacency, depression, anxiety, and fear. And Father, I ask you to uh, break off anything that would be trying to interfere with our thoughts, Lord. We just ask that you would provide a clear channel for us to hear your voice and what you're saying. Thank you, Father. Amen. So uh, my goal this summer was to press into more, more of God. I wanted to get to know God more because um, Carr and I, we know that we have a call in our life through prophetic words and... Um, I know that God wants to use me for some purposes. And those callings are really big. They're bigger than I could imagine. And during the summer, I realized I had a window. I really needed to press into God so I could hear him better, so I knew what he was saying, knew what his intent was. Because I want to be able to step out in obedience and do exactly what he's telling me to do. And this started a couple months ago, um, at the beginning of summer. And so kind of as an answer to prayer, um, well, this is one of, the, one of the motivating things. The reasons why I want to get to know God is in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And that really sticks out to me. And we do prophecy here, right? We do a lot of prophecy. We do deliverance here. And... We want to do many mighty works, right? We're supposed to do many mighty works by the power of God to see people healed, to see people freed, um, to, for bondage to be broken off. Um, but if we're doing that, all of that, and we haven't taken the time to know Jesus, he may say, depart from me. I don't know who you are worker of lawlessness. And that was really sticking with me. Um, so as an answer to prayer, it seemed like I, I learned of um, a man, John Bevere, who wrote a book. He just released a book, The Awe of God. Actually, would you mind giving me that copy? Because I'm actually going to read from it. <laughs> um, Yeah. So, so a lot of what I'll be talking about 
is kind of inspired by what John Bevere has been writing in this book, The Awe of God. Um, because it's given me an avenue to know God in a deeper way. Um, and a major theme of this book is the fear of the Lord. And so the fear of the Lord and holiness became my sole focus and desire. Because as I started reading the pages and, and how John Bevere articulates the fear of the Lord, I began to realize, oh my goodness, this is an answer to a lot of things, the fear of the Lord. And I'll go into that in a minute. But this, this theme of the fear of God has the potential to answer not just many of our questions, but also resolve a lot of, um, you know, maybe painstaking problems that we face that, that, you know, we get injured by, that we can probably avoid. And so that's why I want to share it with you. And he, he explains the fear of the Lord. There's different types of fear. There's unhealthy fears. There's healthy fears. But the fear of the Lord, I'll quote John here, he says, The first definition of, of the holy fear of God is to be terrified of being away from him. So this is not a fear of God where we want to run away. It's, I'm, I'm holding you in respect and awe, but I don't want to be apart from you because I know that you want everything good for me. So I realized that fearing God could, could solve a lot of problems that I face and keep me from a lot of problems in the future. So tonight I'll be talking about um, how the fear of the Lord swallows our fears, how the fear of the Lord produces holiness, and how to grow in that fear of the Lord. And this is the journey that I'm currently on, and this is kind of me swinging that out like, come on guys, come with me on this journey. This is a good one. Because there's so many facets about the fear of the Lord, each of us could study a different part of it and get a different piece out of it. And this is, we're going to do the class this fall on Wednesday, so we are going to be talking about this more, and it's going to be great. But before I get into those parts of, of the fear of a question we might have right now is why do we want the fear of the Lord? And, you know, we want, we come here to LCC to experience more of them. We want to experience them, right? Every time we come here, we're like, oh, what's God going to do tonight, guys? And sometimes he hits us real strong. Sometimes he hits us in different ways. Sometimes he, it's just all kinds of stuff. We never know what he's going to do. But the one thing is, is true, I think, every time is we want to experience an even deeper revelation of him. We want to experience in a way that we're changed forever and for the better. And I know we have a good father. He wants that. He wants to come and change us for the better, to be more like him. So I'll talk about what the fear of the Lord is and its benefits. And I'm actually going to just read straight out of his 
his book a quick synopsis because there's many, many things of it. But what the fear of God is, to fear God is to hate sin. To fear God is to hate injustice. To fear God is to depart from evil in every sense. To fear God is to walk in authentic humility before God and mankind. To fear God is to give him the praise, adoration, thanksgiving, and worship he deserves. To fear God is to give him all that belongs to him. To fear God is to tremble before him in wonder and awe. It is to give his word and presence our full attention. To fear God is to obey him. To fear God is to abstain from any form of complaining or murmuring or grumbling. To fear God is to respect, honor, submit, and direct to his direct and delegated authority. So that's what it is. And already you can tell there's many, many ways you could describe the fear of God. But here are some of the benefits to the fear of God. The fear of the Lord is the starting place for an intimate relationship with God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is how we mature in our salvation and are conformed to the image of Jesus. The fear, and this one, this one stood out to me, the fear of the Lord is clean. It produces true holiness in our lives. And we want to be holy. We're called to be holy more on that later. To abide in the fear of the Lord is to secure an eternal legacy. The fear of the Lord produces confidence, fearlessness, and security. And this is what stood out to me here as well. It swallows up all other fears, including the fear of man. The fear of the Lord gives us identity as sons and daughters. And the list goes on. One of the last ones listed here, the fear of the Lord endures forever. And we want to endure forever with God in his presence. That's just at the beginning of the book. <laughs> That's day three. So that's what I wanted to focus on tonight because those two stood out to me was that the fear of the Lord swallows up all other fears, including the fear of man. And the fear of the Lord is clean. It produces holiness in our lives. So let's talk about the first one, how the fear, how the fear of the Lord swallows up fears. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah, go to the, yeah, you're on the So Psalm 34.4 says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are, are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And then go to the next one. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. 
this is a promise to all of us. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. I don't think I need to go down the list of all the things we could fear today, right? Like we've got not one fire hose, but probably a hundred fire hoses of news networks trying to tell us what to fear. You want to fear the sky today? You want to fear a falling tree? You want to fear a windstorm? You want to fear a fire? Heat? You want to fear the economy? You want to fear your job? You want to fear your supervisor? We want you to fear it all, actually. This is a, what do they call it, like a fire sale of fear? What is that, right? Everything must go, you know? I'm not a good salesman, apparently. It's, it's, it's almost free fear. This is a really important promise, and we need to let this one sink in. We need to believe it. We need to believe it. I decree and declare all unbelief must go now in Jesus' name over each one of us here tonight. We believe that the Lord encamps around us because we fear him. In Jesus' name. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge to him. I'm just continuing on in Psalm 34. And then go to the next one. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Wow. It's right there. We have no lack. The culture we live in right now is constantly telling us we are in a, what do they call that, uh, a recession, there's inflation all this. Okay, well, that may be true for the unbeliever. That may be true for what's going on out there right now. But with us, if we fear him, we will have no lack. And when we get that belief settled into us, we can kind of take a deep breath, like, I may, maybe I don't see the resource just yet, but I know that God is my source of resources. I have no lack in Jesus' name. If any one of those thoughts keep, gets in your mind, says, oh no, I'm, I'm running out or I might not have enough. I got to stock up. I got to be a prepper. Bow to the feet of Jesus in Jesus' name. You tell that, you tell that thought to bow down to Jesus. And any other thought that's not of God, you tell it to bow vigorously. <laughs> sometimes I got, I got to ramp myself up because sometimes we get so many things in our minds and the enemy's just like, I don't want to just attack you one way. I want to attack you a dozen ways. And at some point, you got to realize, oh, no, 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 no. Holy Spirit's going to build you up like a, a city. He's going to restore your walls and gates. And you're going to be sitting at the gates of of your eyes, your ears, or whatever. No, no, no. You bow to the feet of Jesus. In Jesus' name. 
I am not going to be afraid of lack because I fear the Lord. He has positioned me exactly where I need to be. Preach it. <laughs> glory. I just love saying glory like that. So we'll stay on this verse for a minute while I read some of this. I'm going to just read the rest of Psalm 34 to you. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days, that he may say good, see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. See, he's already teaching us how to fear God. Right in this, right in Psalm 34. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. All these troublemakers we're dealing with that don't fear God are not going to be remembered for very much longer. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles, all of them, every single one of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. It even says he keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. They can laugh at us all they want. They can flame us in the chats all they want they can say you're dumb why are you following god god's not real trust the science whatever they make stuff up every day um guess what they're going to be condemned unfortunately we don't want them to be condemned we want them to know jesus but some of them don't want to the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Whose condemnation do we really care about? Anyway, the only opinion we should really be caring about is Jesus' opinions about us. And that starts us on another path of fearing God and not fearing man. And Believe me, fear of man hits us in so many different ways. It hits me and Kara all the time. We're reading about stuff, we're learning about stuff. Oh, I'm doing this, and oh, that's kind of fear of man-ish, isn't it? Lord, forgive me, I repent for having this fear. Um, and it can even sneak up on us when we don't expect it. We think we've got it, we, we went through a lesson, we're going along, and, and sometimes fears sneak up on us where we become prideful and arrogant. So it's a constant battle. It's not a one and done, unfortunately. Those are part of the trials, I guess. Thanks. 
It's a journey, yeah. So that was all about how the fear of the Lord suppresses all fears. The more we begin to fear God and fear God, the more we, that we begin to understand about him, all those other fears that we have about our life begin to fade and dim because all of a sudden we begin to know God as our supplier. We know him as our security. He's keeping us safe physically and mentally and emotionally. Um, there's a lot of other qualities that we can rely on and we can trust in him for. Um, and it's a process, and I feel like I'm just at the beginning of this. And I don't want you guys to miss out, because this is a lot of voices in, the, in our Christian community online is talking about getting to know God deeper. This is the time to sink in, especially because I think in the near future, there could be some more shakings. There could be some more shakings, probably more than we've ever seen in our lives. But this concept of fearing God is going to get the blinders on. This is a foundational piece we have got to get. And tonight we're just barely touching the tip of the iceberg. I'll keep going. So the next one. The fear of the Lord produces holiness. We are called to be holy. In 1 Peter it said, uh, 1, 15 through 16, it says, But as he who calls you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. This, uh, you shall be holy, for I am holy, he's quoting from Leviticus. This is a long-standing call that we have. And... Before Jesus, this might not have been fully attainable for us, even though we had all the priests and the lambs and the sacrifices. But with Jesus, this is attainable. We must be holy. We must be holy. I must be holy. I've got a long road ahead of me. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully some of you roads a little bit shorter than mine. <laughs> We must be holy. Can we be holy? Yes, we can. Because we have Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit, he's going to teach us how to be holy. That's a nice thing about having the Holy Spirit is we, we don't have to be worried. I don't know if I'm going to get this right. Holy Spirit's going to help us. More on that later. Let's go to the next one. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And isn't that what we want to do here? We want to experience him more. We want a deeper revelation of him. We want to be changed by him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So let's go to the next one. I'm going to read a little bit beforehand in Psalms 19, 7 through 8. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, 
enduring forever. And I don't want to totally spoil the book for you guys, but there are some testimonies in here where the presence of God visits his church in such a way that people are totally awestruck. They're totally like you can feel the authority of God in the room. You can feel his presence. And he's working to heal people and restore people. But one of, one of the responses somebody said during that, um, that John Revere heard was after that they said, I, they couldn't say anything. It was hard to see even words after feeling his presence. But they, all they could say was, I feel so clean. And isn't that something sometimes that keeps us from even going to God? I'm ashamed of what I did, or I feel like, I don't know, I don't know, I, uh, my life's a mess or whatever. But if all we have to do is just fear God and revere him and hold him in, in, greatest, um, in greatest regard, in greatest respect and honor, like, I'm talking more honor than the president of the United States, which right now for some people might not be hard to do. Pick someone else. Yeah. But the most prestigious office in all the world, I think, for mankind in our time is the president of the United States. That office holds a lot of power. God holds more than that. God holds more than that. In fact, God holds more prestige than any of the nation's leaders. And in fact, all the nations are God's inheritance. So that's the kind of honor and, and um, awe we need to have. If, he, if, a, if, a, if a main presidential leader were to walk into the room, we'd be all, oh, da, 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 da. best behavior, and oh, sir, how's it going? And, Here's the carpet, red carpet. Here's our finest china. And oh, let us show you the good things that we're doing. With God, it'd be even more than that. Help us, Lord. It goes on in Psalm 19 to say, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. So, the fear of the Lord is so valuable, it's more valuable than gold. And I think that helps us to see, oh, if I, if I know I can be this confident in God with no fears only fear of him this becomes much more valuable because i'm not not only that i know he has all the wisdom that i need to accomplish what i need for my job or my family or my budget and we begin to go from glory to glory to be in more peace we get to rest in his shalom so how do we grow in our fear of the lord let's go to proverbs 
my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commands, my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to my wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Here it is. This is the starting point. This is the starting point. And a lot of times we focus on the benefit, then you will fear the, the, you will fear the Lord and find knowledge of God. But if I was taking notes on this, I would write a bulleted list. In fact, I would challenge you guys to go home and just write a bulleted list for yourself, maybe with some check boxes. This is what I got to do. This is part of what I got to do to find the fear of the Lord. I've got to, number one, receive my, his words. Number two, I need to treasure up his commandments, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. I need to, number three, make my ear attentive to wisdom. I need to incline my heart to understanding. Do all of these. Don't stop at just one. Maybe get started with one. Baby steps. Seek for it. Search for it. It is treasure. The fear of the Lord is a treasure. It is a treasure. And to remind you, the young, uh, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So really, as we begin to see the value of the fear of the Lord... We begin to understand, oh, to do this, I need to get back into the Word. And that's how you get hungry for the Word of God. And it's building my hunger. And so this should encourage us to be in His Word, to read and study and meditate on it. Even if we don't fully understand it, just start reading it and keep reading it and keep reading it. A little bit every day, we're washing ourselves in His Word. We're washing ourselves. We're getting fed. We're sitting at his table. We can't all do it here at church. We only got, you know, so much time in the night. But you've got every day to go to the word and get it. So that's how we start to grow in the fear of the Lord. So let's go to the next one. And I just want to talk about how the Holy Spirit is really here to help us with this. We don't, we're not doing this on our own. Holy Spirit is with us, helping us to learn this part. So we can rely on him. God, please teach me. Ask him, Lord, instill in me an even greater fear of you. This is what I'm asking him. Instill in us an even greater fear of you. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And there's a lot of those. The desires, uh, uh, Galatians continues, it says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. The desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for the, these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing things you want to do. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. It's not an exhaustive list. And things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
we want to inherit the kingdom of God. Yes, we're saved by Jesus, our sins are forgiven, but now we're working out something that John Bevere calls our, um, our behavioral, it's, we, are, we, are, we are in the position of grace, meaning we're saved by grace. Um, but, and now it's our behavior that we need to start correcting. Our behavior needs to be holy. So we need to avoid those things that I just listed. And then you know what is fruits of the Spirit because uh, it goes on, Galatians 5, 25 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So you kind of start to know when you're going along with Holy Spirit, you're going to begin to resemble those fruits of the Spirit. So this is going to encourage you because we're constantly in that battle, battle of my fleshly desires, which I have a lot of my own, and the Spirit's desires. But like Galatians 5.16 says, walk by the Spirit. Just keep your mind on the Spirit. We can go to the next one. Romans 8, 6 through 8 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Our flesh cannot submit to God's law. That's why we got to crucify it. <laughs> crucify that flesh. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And this is a, a warning I kind of want to leave you with. Holy Spirit, we can walk in the Holy Spirit. We can live and walk with the Holy Spirit. We can rely on him as our teacher and be confident that he's going to be teaching us. He wants to teach us how he lives. But we can do this, guys. We can be holy. We, are, we have a calling to be holy. And we just need to walk in the Spirit. We have to have our mind on the Spirit. Anything that comes through our minds, tell it to submit. No, in Jesus' name. That's not me anymore. That's my past. That was crucified with Jesus. I'm baptized and born again. I am a new creation. And begin to remember that I am and believe I am a son and I am a child of God. So in summary, the fear of the Lord swallows our fears. Having the fear of the Lord produces holiness, and how we begin to grow fear in the Lord, one starting place is Proverbs 2. So if you guys would stand with me, I'd like to pray together, I'd like us to pray together. <clears throat> Hopefully this sounds good to you and is appealing. Thanks. Sobering. But it should also be exciting. You should also sense some relief. There is hope beyond our present circumstances. There is more of Jesus than what just what we have right now. And so I'm really looking forward to that. So Holy, Holy Spirit, we thank you for 
that your word washes us and makes us clean. We repent for giving in to the desires of our flesh and we turn back to you. We ask, Father, that you would create in us a clean heart and lead us into your ways of holiness. We want to be as close to you as possible, as far away from any sin or wickedness. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would teach us to live by your Spirit and repel any way of flesh that's in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I bless you guys. We're not done. We're going to go into communion. Wow. <laughs> that was just the appetizer. Yeah. I promise I'm not going to preach on top of a preach, but I have a couple thoughts that came to mind as we prepare to go. I'll keep that one. Um, so good. It's so important. David got so stirred by this book, and we watched the video of John Bevere, a good hour message from him about the fear of the Lord, which a lot of the stuff in the book is in that. Um, just some thoughts that came to mind, um, just to, to put a little bow on that, even though it doesn't need any more. Um, the writer of Hebrews says, I think it's chapter 10, he said, he's talking about the blood of Jesus, that by Jesus' sacrifice, what, it, what he has done for us. We're getting ready to eat the, the bread and drink of the cup, remembering what Jesus did for us, right? What Jesus did for us, is the writer of Hebrews in chapter 10 says, he has made perfect forever. That's a position you're now standing in. He has made you and I perfect forever those who are being holy. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and the Holy Spirit came into you, you received the spirit of holiness. He's the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption, but he's the Holy Spirit. And he has begun a, a work in you and me of regenerating us and renewing us and transforming us, making us holy. Paul said, and I don't remember which letter it is. It's, it's either Gentiles eat pork chops, one of those three. Galatians, Ephesians, pork. Uh, pork. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I think it's in there um, where he's, it, but it might not be. But I know it was Paul. He said, work out your salvation. Work out. Your, you got this free gift? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God, Holy Spirit, who works in you to will and to act or to do according to his good purpose. So I'm, I'm hearing a key. Like, I want the fear of the Lord because I, I hear all of the benefits. I want to not only know I'm clean positionally, but I want to walk clean before the Lord and before people. What was I saying? Totally forgot. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is he who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. So that I feel like the key, one of the keys to this is, what is it? Just left my mind. No. It is cooperating. So you finished this with saying, you know, we gotta, we gotta kill these, the things of the flesh, right? We have to reckon ourselves 
dead and crucified with Christ. We need to consider, we need to remind ourselves that the real me, the real you is dead, crucified with Jesus. Like I'm a new creation now. So now I need to cooperate with the spirit of holiness and not offend him, not not um, grieve him because he he can be grieved he can be offended he's just one of the names of god is jealous he's jealous kwana in hebrew jealous you and i aren't supposed to be jealous like god says don't be jealous get rid of that he's the only one who's allowed to be jealous because he's jealous for you he's jealous because you belong to him and he wants all of your desires and affections to be towards him and his ways not going the opposite direction. It's like a jealous lover. My wife was flirting with other men. I would, the jealousy would rage up within me like a flame because I want her affection only to be for me, no one else. Thank God that's the case. But I'm just saying, God is the same way, but, but greater than that. His jealousy for you, his love for you, his burning desire that you would just be his only. No other gods before, before you, but him alone. That is the fear of the Lord. That you would, you would just want to run unto him and be so close to him as how you started out with that quote from John Bevere. The fear of the Lord is, is being afraid to be far from him. Sin, unholiness, it just, it just pulls us. A lot of it is in our mind, you know, our thinking. When we do, when we disobey God, shame and guilt and condemnation gets in our thinking and in our minds, and we're the ones that turn from God. He never turns from us. He is always for you, not against you. He's always for me, not against me. But when we do things out of disobedience, we are actually kind of like, I know God, but 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 I'm going to go over here and just do this. And then there comes a point where we come to our senses. And we realize, I'm not safe far from him. I need to get back to him. I need the, the fear of the Lord, the name of the Lord. He is a strong tower. He's, he's a strong tower. He's my safety. So we're going to take communion together. Yeah, I'll save that. No, I'm going to read this real quick. You guys are okay? It's real, real fast. Isaiah 11, 12. This is, Isaiah 11, 12 says, Isaiah 11, 2, I'm sorry, not 12. Um, talking about the Holy Spirit being upon Jesus. This is prophecy of Jesus, the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and power, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So if the sevenfold Spirit of God came upon Jesus, who was God in the flesh, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. If Jesus walked in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, how much more should we? I mean, he was Emmanuel, God with us, right? All right. Let's come up and grab your communion elements.
we go. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I need Tammy here. She's, you're good, you're good. So, this is communion. I feel like we've had time tonight to just examine our hearts as David brought the word. We've had lots of time in worship and just praying. I believe that everyone here's heart is hungry for Jesus. We're hungry for truth. We're hungry to walk in the real power and intimacy with the Lord that comes from knowing him, right? I don't want to play church. I don't want to play religion. I want to know the Lord, and I want to walk with him and bring pleasure to him. I want the Lord to be pleased with with my heart and my life and my intimacy with him. I don't know about him being pleased with my intimacy with him. It's more he's pleased when we are intimate with him. So I want to I want to please the Lord by drawing close to him because that's where safety is at. That's that's the place where he can best do his work in me and in you because he loves you, he loves me, but he also wants to fulfill a purpose while we're here on this earth. We only have so much time, so many days. Our days are numbered. <clears throat> and we want to bring glory to him. We want to bring treasure to him. We want to bring a reward for what he suffered for. He paid a price. We want to re- give a return. We want to return to him what he's worthy of. And that is a life of obedience, a life laid down, a life of serving him, a life of of reaching out to those around us and telling, excuse me, telling people of the good news of what Jesus has done. So let's just hold this communion before us. Let's just recite a couple things. It's more than a reciting, but if you guys would just um, declare this out with me, same thing, declare, recite. But it's more than just your words. It's your heart connected to your words, right? So let's just pray this together. I'll read it, and then you guys can just pray it out after me. Holy Spirit, I offer up to you all that I am, all that is in my heart, and anything that is weighing on me today. I prepare to take this communion as a prophetic act declaring your freedom, your supernatural intervention over my life. I proclaim that everything I need for life and godliness was paid for on the cross. Thank you, Lord. So as we hold the bread, just say this with me. I take your body, Jesus commanding everything in my body to line up with heaven. You were broken so that I could be made whole. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. know Jesus is the bread that came from heaven and healing is the children's bread Jesus is our healing 
just as you receive that communion tonight, that bread, receive healing into your body. Receive life into your body. Extension of years, extension of life. Healing, freedom from sickness, freedom from oppression and depression. Exchange with the Lord his life for your brokenness. Thank you, Lord, for your broken body. So let's take this cup. Let's just hold this before the Lord. Jesus, I take your blood. Celebrating that no area of my life needs to be in darkness today. Boy, I feel like I want to say that one more time. Can we say that again? Take your blood. Celebrating that no area of my life needs to be in darkness today. Thank you, Lord. Breakthrough is at hand. I am a new creation. I am your greatly loved child. Thank you, Lord. As we drink this cup, let's just vow to the Lord. Make a vow, a commitment to the Lord. I will walk in your light. I will walk with you, Jesus. I will hold your hand. I will stay close to you because I love you and I fear you and I worship you with reverence and awe. You are.